0: Uh, It's great to have you all here with us this morning and I, I just want to really acknowledge right now the Lord. I hope you're feeling it, but if you're not, I want to let you know I really feel like the holiness of God is in this room today, that His presence is really thick with us to the point where He wants to make us really aware of just how big He is, how good He is and how faithful He is to His promises to us. And I really can, just throughout worship, through the themes, through what's going on, through what I'm going to speak about today, I really feel like the holiness of God is amongst us right now. So I just want to, let's just quickly pray. I, I want us to really stay open to that and all that God wants to do as a result of that this morning. Father, we come before you as your people, people seeking you to know you more and more. And we just acknowledge before you your presence in our midst right now. And we acknowledge your holiness and your greatness. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing to be called the people of the King. It is a wonderful privilege to be able to experience you, to be able to know you, and to come in freedom from all our stuff and know that we are welcomed into your presence with open arms. My greatest desire this morning, Father, is that we would all know how much we are loved by you and how big you are that no matter what is going on in our lives, you are greater and you are holy and you Promises are always true, and you are faithful to see them through. So we welcome you now to come and do all you want to do amongst us. In your very mighty name, amen. Sometimes you just got to stop, and you just got to acknowledge what's going on. In, in the midst of um, worship and we just got to lay our plans down and just acknowledge what God is doing in, in our midst. And now I've got to wipe my eye to actually be able to see you properly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, Look, last week, uh, if you weren't here, I'm going to encourage you to go online as I always do. Uh, Dave Hockey brought a great word last week from Isaiah 61 and from Luke 4. And I'm just going to quickly read the short version from Luke 4 that Jesus spoke. And it probably will be very uh, common to many of you where he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. What an amazing passage in light of what we've just um, sung throughout worship. Um, it was a really, really great word from from Dave and... Um, he just had a great way of making the scripture come alive and really applying it through practical examples in, in his life, but also in our, our own lives. If you're here, I hope you're really blessed by that and encourage you again to go and have a listen. It was another timely message around um, the theme that we've been focusing on of new beginnings, that God has been inviting us into this place of, of not just giving away what's happened in the past, but just that he's got a new and and fresh beginning and it's, it's not surprising considering the, the year and a half to two years that we've had in this world. It's a welcome message, it's a refreshing message from him with all the, the crud that's been going on around us. Um, but I really loved, as we did that last week, I was just, uh, it's new beginnings, but I, I was taken back to some of the core of who we are in the vineyard that passage like for so many uh, believers is such a key one to understanding who we are and our identity in the lord and i was really being reminded by the the lord last week and and i'm going to preach a little bit more on this today that uh, we are a kingdom people we are a kingdom people here at the vineyard Uh uh-oh do you want me to change or am i all good to keep going okay i'll keep going we are we just pray that all technology would just work now that um, there'd be no more issues in jesus name we are a people of the kingdom that is who we are we are a people of signs and wonders in the vineyard I gonna say it again we are a people of signs and wonders here in the vineyard god has called us as a church to be kingdom pe- people bringing his kingdom rule and reign through many ways but in particular signs and wonders that we would consistently be going after those things and we have seen an increase in that in the last few weeks of god really coming and meeting us and and bringing his kingdom through his people and bringing his signs and wonders and we're saying yes and amen to more of that lord and we are in the vineyard a people of his presence we are a people of intimacy we want to connect with God. We want to connect with the Holy Spirit. We, are, we acknowledge his work, that he is not, um, was, is not just hovering around and kind of just dabbing here and there where he needs to. We are a people of the Holy Spirit. We are a people of intimacy with the Father. We are a people who are consistently being transformed into Jesus' likeness every single day. That is who we are. And we will bang on that drum all the time. And I have no shame in banging on it again today as we talk about that. And I've I got three pre- preaching slots. over. Well, I'm Kirk and Nick are away, one a month. And uh, I'm going to have a little mini-series, all, all right? Uh, the Lord told me to as I went out for a run. And it's about um, the Holy Spirit in us. It'll be the first one today. And we're going to talk about that through presence, as we've already been feeling The next one will be Holy Spirit on us, and then Holy Spirit through us. So I'm going to tackle, I don't know what the content is that God just said, preach on those three things, so all right, I'll preach on those three things. But there's many reasons why we'll continue to bang on about who we are, that we are a people of the presence, and we're people of um, signs and wonders and intimacy through God's presence, because when God's presence comes, then those other things follow in 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 train the kingdom breaks in intimacy comes when when god's presence comes but we always want to remember who we are when in there's many many stories throughout the old testament that when the people of god forget who they are they go off track they, 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 they go off track and God has to call them back through many, many ways. Old Testament, New Testament, same same theme. God consistently calling them back. No, 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 no. This is who you are. This is who you are. Whether it's your core identity or for us as a people, a vineyard church, no, this is who you are. Come, come on back to that. Come on back to that. So we always want to remember, that's why you'll hear this message all time from up front because we we want to we want to chase it we want to go after it we want to be in that in that lane of who God has called us to be that he'd be consistently um, work backing us and moving with us um, because we want to keep the main the plane that, that if we are a kingdom people, then we're going after his presence and we're asking him to come or we're asking how we could be praying for people. We keep the main, the plane in front of us all the time. Intimacy, we're always worshipping. We're always coming before the Lord in, in a place of worship. And because if we're kingdom people and Jesus preached and practiced it, then I think we'd better too. It's not a bad thing to do that if, if Jesus did it, then we probably need to as well. So the first in us, the Holy Spirit in us uh, message uh, for today. And we're going to focus on that in terms of Him being in us through presence. And I just was so appreciative of worship that God backed, uh, you know, you, you want to know you're hearing from the Lord when you preach, and, and through worship that He backed that, that He was really in, in, amongst us. And as, I, as we were praying, His holiness is here with us. And I, I want to speak about this great mystery of the holy spirit dwelling in a human frame it's amazing if we actually really stop and think about it maybe we just get a little too used to it at times of what it's like um but it's 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 phenomenal that that the creator would dwell in his creation it's it's for me, it's mind-blowing. I don't, I don't know if it is for you or not, but it's one of those great mysteries that I just keep wanting to know more and more about, that I want to keep inviting more and more of His presence in me, that I would become more like Jesus every single day as He does that, that He'd be transforming me, that I would know through His presence in me that the Father loves me more than I can ever imagine or understand that he doesn't want me to just know it in one time, that it's a consistent, all-the-time thing, that he's coming to us and actually saying, I love you, I love you, you are accepted, you are loved, I love you. The story of God has always been about connection to his creation, and Genesis tells us that perfect um, um, scenario of what it should look like god created we dwelt with him we were in his presence in the garden that was what it was meant to be and we know the story of where um, things went wrong uh we we moved away from god again we we didn't remember we moved away we tried our own way and all the ensuing um, mess that, that occurs in and continues to occur in humanity and the old old testament gives us these wonderful um pictures of God's presence breaking in there's lots of stories of God continuing to break in that he come and dwell again with his people and his creation but there's three bigger ones that I really want to just focus on today And, and there's a reason for it one theology is good having a good understanding of the story of God and a good understanding of the scriptures is a really really good thing We can give it from up front, but it's really, really good for you as well as a follower of Jesus to engage in that yourself, that you would be talking to the Lord, reading, praying and worshipping and all those things, growing in your understanding of the Scriptures in your own personal journey with the Lord and not just relying on somebody from up front to do that for you. That's not a criticism, that's an encouragement to say, go for it go for it the Lord will back you when you do that he will reveal things to you scriptures words will pop at you when you engage with it he'll bring revelation of who he is you'll see things that you never saw of him before when we get into into the Bible and look at the bigger story of what he's doing throughout humanity but there's three again three bigger ones that we want to have a look at today and I'm they're all peas They all begin with P to help you remember them. That'll be very... I like simple things like that, that I can take it away and actually hold on to it. Um, And each is centered on a... In particular, you may have heard this word, a covenant. A covenant that God made or an agreement between God and certain people or peoples. They focus on God's presence, either interacting or dwelling with people. So let's crack into them. The first one is through Abraham. And the key P here is promise, that God came. Yeah, oh, great, I'm seeing people write. That's, I love that. I think that's really cool that people then go away and, and study it and remember it. Um, Genesis 12, if you want a scripture and in the following chapters, you want to have a go and have a read of that a story of God's promise to Abraham. And... Abraham is told by God to, to go to a land, and that he's giving this land to not only him but to his descendants, um, and they will be His people. And in verse 12 of cha- uh, verse seven of chapter 12, um, the Lord comes to Abraham, and it says, "The Lord appeared to Abram and said, "To your offspring, I will give this land." So God's presence comes, and a promise is given to Abraham. Genesis tells us of the continued interjection of God's presence coming to fulfill his promise despite Abraham and his family's attempts to mess it up. Oh my gosh. You want family dysfunction and breakdown? And the way that people trying their hardest to actually break the promise of God to have it go-read Genesis if you haven't. It's crazy. Abraham tries to give his wife away, not once twice Uh, you know he hasn't got a child right now but to the offspring I'll give you this land and he just tries to hand his wife over to Egyptians and then I think it was to to the Philistines later on and if that's not bad enough his son tries it as well with his wife and tries to actually say they're going to kill me because she's so beautiful so I'll pretend she's my sister even though he's married to her And, and God and you know this is the promise of this is the family the promise of God then the third generation after Abraham, the brothers don't like that one of them's a favorite son named Joseph and they try and kill him. They try. They, they get rid of him, off him, so that they will be the. They the, the, he. They will get the, the promise, and they would become the favorite. They try. Not, it's just so dysfunctional, and if you at every turn they are almost. It's like, wow, God, you're so faithful because that is just messed up what they're doing, and yet you remain faithful to the promise of what you want to achieve. But we don't see the promise of that for um, the fulfilment of the promise until after our next p and our next p is that of um, moses and in the exodus and the p is the people so god's presence comes now um to a people he comes and dwells with the people exodus in the exodus israel are slaves in egypt as we know and moses ends up uh, before god in exodus 3 and 4 It is one of the most intimate stories with detail of man entering into God's presence. It's amazing. It's phenomenal to read. Take your sandals off for the ground you're standing on is holy. A burning bush that's going on. Later on, Moses going back up the mountain to meet with God and says, can I see you? And he gives us this beautiful picture of his presence and how how glorious he is where he says to Moses, I can't show you all of me because you will die if you do. So I'm going to pass by and you'll see a little bit of me. You'll see a little part of me but, but you, won't get, you won't see all of me, and that's enough for Moses at that time. Just a beautiful, beautiful picture. So worth studying and meditating on if you are interested in the area of holiness and getting a, a story that's really intimate in the detail of that. But the ensuing chapters are a spectacular battle between God and evil to free his people, that his presence would be able to dwell with his people, and that would, he would be able to fulfil his promise to his that he gave to Abraham um, through this people. I mean, it's the stuff of Hollywood movies. You have got plagues. We've got pillars of fire. We've got clouds going before people. We've got Moses going into the tent with God and coming out with his face literally glowing from the presence of God. We've got seas parting as God's presence comes and actually looks after his people. um, Mountains are rumbling as God's presence comes down. The earth is shaking as God's presence comes down down on it and it's all God for God to fulfill his promise and to come and dwell with a people it is it is an amazing amazing story that is our second people our uh, second people Our second P is the people and our third P is through David and Solomon the covenant to David and Solomon in 2 Samuel um, chapter 7 and in first kings verses six to eight and the third p is a place god's presence now is coming going to come and dwell in a place God has freed his people. There's an ensuing, I'm giving you, it's like an old test, test, Testament overview here today. Um, God has now freed his people. There's been battle after battle for, for the promised land to be given to Israel, for them to come into that land. Battle after battle after battle. Many, many books, chapters going on. God giving his law of how people can operate and all this stuff is going on. And finally, through David and Solomon, the promise And the people will now have a place for God's presence to come and dwell because they've got it. They've made it. The Davidic kingdom is seen as the perfect, the golden era to the Jews. And David cries out to God and says, Let me build you a dwelling place that you would be with us. And God says, Thanks very much. Your hands are a little bloodied and probably not through you. Not a good idea. As a result, I'm going to do it through your son i will do it through your son and he will build me a place and kings uh one king six to eight tells us of how that was done by solomon gives really great detail into the um, the temple and what that looked like again worth a read a really good read It would have been spectacular in terms of modern architecture for that era. That place was phenomenal. It was lined with gold, special fabrics, jewels. You would have entered that joint and just gone, oh my goodness. Think of modern structures where you just walk in and it's like, wow, wow. But the thing about this place was this was also about meeting with God. So not only did the surroundings bring a sense of awe and wonder, but then it also reminded you of your brokenness. And so in that place was also a place of sacrifice to God. And so there would have been great smells as well, incense burning because it was needed, because it was a place of sacrifice of animals. It would have been stinky, smelly and dirty. So there would be great smells also going on, a reminder to the people of how great God was, but in great God's great mercy as well, that he would make a way for them to come and to be in his presence. That he was fulfilling his promise to Abraham, and that he has a people that he's now dwelling with, and they would be a gift to the nations. And so we see Solomon do that what it does remind you of those three p's is then when we come to isaiah 61 because exiles happened. israel didn't follow their way the way of the lord they get outed as david told us about last last week they're gone so the, the it's I hope what I've just told you gives a great sense of why some of the, the cries of the prophets or what Jesus said becomes so important to what's actually going on because the, the people are centered. Those three covenants are everything to them. That God would one day again... Fulfill his promise that his people would have that place and his presence would come and dwell with them once again. They're crying for it for 400 years that that would actually occur. That thing that you and I feel so easily like we did in worship right now, of God's presence coming. 400 years they cried out for it to come again. 400. Oh my gosh. Be a prophet in that time. No proof of whether or not you were or not, because 400 years you weren't around for that whole time to see those promises come. So that Isaiah passage becomes so integral that, that God is saying, I'm, I will come. The, my, my, the spirit of the sovereign, I will come back. My people will be called oaks of righteousness. Those who mourn will do all the things that we just read in, in, um, from, from Luke chapter 4. I, I, I'm going to come and do those things. And so there's one more P. And that is the person of Jesus. That God's presence would come and dwell through the person of Jesus. So when Jesus got up and read that scripture, you can see why it was such a bold claim that it's now fulfilled in your presence. That he was saying that God I, I've come, God's presence has come, that the promise. Is now fulfilled. It was such a such a big deal. It would have blown the minds of those who were listening to him at that time. They would have been like, "What? How? What, what do you what What do you mean? It's fulfilled in our hearing today? How can that be? Look at all that history and all the things that God had to do. And now the Romans look at them They're all over us. What, what, what do you mean when it's fulfilled? you look around. we like, "It's." Anything but fulfilled. Anything. Anything but fulfilled. How can this be, Jesus? What what do you mean? And it's not surprising that they nearly tried to throw him off the cliff by the end of him speaking. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying it's not surprising. Like the the audacity of this guy that they know to say that this scripture has been for this key scripture that we hold on to is fulfilled now. They would have been deeply offended, many of them. By this claim of jesus but it was true there are two aspects to the person element of god's presence with us and the first is the person of jesus all of before all of those things we just talked about before are now focused in and through the person of jesus he is the promise now of god and his presence coming he is the presence of god on earth he is the beginning of the new people and he is the place where god's presence will come through all who come to the father comes all won't have to come through me is what he said and that's where passages, if you want to write it down for the fourth P with person, John 15 to 17, there is many, I'm not claiming that this is the only ones, but these are some of my favourites. John 15 to 7, chapters 15 to 17, and then Acts 2. Passages like John 14, to even 14, you can include in that as well, become integral to understanding that. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Father, may they be one, as we are one. The promise of presence in and through Jesus has come to the earth and has come to all people. I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, Jesus says. My presence is with you. But there is another key passage in the other three Gospels that, that tell us and confirm even more about the other three Ps and how they're now fulfilled in Jesus. And they are from Mark 15, um, verse 38, Luke 23, verse 45, and Matthew 27, verse 51. All three of the other Gospels felt it important to mention this point about Jesus' death. They say when he died, at the moment he died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two now to many that would just be a statement but if you're a good Jewish person you'll understand and as we just talked about the temple as you entered through there are all these different places you move through in the temple but in the middle was this very key place very small called the holy of holies and there was only certain people that could go in there and only at certain times of the year that's a very brief summary of a very complex way of operating through the priestly system and when jesus died that curtain that separated the holy holy so nobody could see get in there or see in there most people didn't even know what it looked like it was torn into matthew mark and luke are making it very clear all have access to the presence of god now not just certain people at certain times. Everybody has access to Jesus. And this leads to the second part of, um, of person. When that curtain torn into, was torn into, access to God's presence came. And in Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of that where Jesus breathes and the Holy Spirit comes onto Um, the disciples and believers god's presence is now personal it's now intimate with each individual and what that means why 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 so much why did i tell you so much of that history why did i why why is it so important to think about and understand so much of that history it's because you are a part of the story you are now through jesus part of the promise you, you are now, through Jesus, his people. You are his people. You are, and it's not to say that you are the only place that he dwells, in his presence dwells. It's not, not just in us, but it's, it is around us as well in this building. But you are now the place of his dwelling as well, the place of his presence. And this is no small thing. This is what I think the Lord wanted us to know and remember this morning. It is no small thing that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. It is an amazing and a wonderful journey of discovering more and more of God's love. Many that we talked about that went through each of those P's would have longed for what we have on this day. It's such beautiful. Easy access, welcomed openly by the Father and accepted by Him. And I really want to encourage you today to really seek out the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That you would understand deeply that you are loved and that you have access to Him in all circumstances and every day and in everything that's going on. The same presence that fell in the cloud, that was in the fire, that rumbled the mountains, that that, everything we read about, that fulfilled the promise, lives inside of you and me. And we have life now, and we have it in all its fullness. And I want to encourage you throughout this week, explore it explore what that means explore welcoming the holy spirit to come to you not just collectively but in your own individual journey wherever you are walking running working family cooking whatever wherever welcome the holy spirit we live in a permanent place of the presence now and it is an amazing a thing and an honor that it actually occurs in our life and i want you to oh, let's stand together now let's stand